going to talk to you this morning about only through prayer and fasting. And we'll be looking, hopefully if we have time, we'll get all the way down to Matthew 17, 14. And uh, we started in January, the, the first Sunday in January. And uh, talking in Matthew uh, 6, verse 2, and then verse 5, and then verse 18, where Jesus says, you know, when you give and then when you pray, and then when you fast. And, uh, and we got started on that, and what, we're, what I'm doing, I, I, I want you to know that there is a method <laughs> to my madness, okay? I want you to know that. So the, this, in the month of January, the last two weeks and today, I'm, I'm talking and teaching on our relationship with God, okay? Because that's what giving is about. It's about trusting Him, it's about obeying him and having the faith that his word is true. You know, really what God really wants us to do, he just wants us to believe that he is who he says he is. No more, no less. That's what he wants. And uh, so when we give, you know, we have to put our trust and faith in him. And when we pray, you know, we're not going to bow our knee. We're not going to take up our time if we don't think there's a God in heaven to reward us. And we're certainly not going to fast. (laughs) We're certainly not going to fast if we don't think that there's a God in heaven that will reward us and that will honor us and we're doing it for him. So this month of January has been about our personal relationship with God. Now, and then in February, the first Sunday in February, we're going to kind of shift gears and we're going to talk about relationships with those around us. And really, this is biblical because that's what the Ten Commandments is about. The Ten Commandments is basically, if you broke it down and looked at each one of them, it's about our relationship with God and our relationship with those around us. Okay? So we're going somewhere, and I hope each and every Sunday, I hope you're, you come ready to hear, ready to learn, uh, and then ready to implement what you've heard and what you learned. Only then will you grow, okay? Only then will you grow. I do want to invite you on uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, we have food at 6 o'clock, is it? 5.30. We eat food, a good, a good meal. These ladies do a great job on preparing the meal. And then we have services for all ages at 7 o'clock. And I want to encourage you to come to that. Uh, you, it will strengthen you. Uh, we dig in the Word. We get a lot more uh, in-depth in the Word. And it will grow your faith and it will bless you. I, I believe that. So if you've got your Bibles, let's see. Just go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew. We'll turn there. Matthew 6, that's where we'll start at. And pretty much, I pretty much reviewed already uh, Matthew 6, 2, Jesus said, you know, when we give, and I mentioned that when we give according to God's word, in essence, what we're doing, we're inviting God to have an active part in our finances. And how many can say that's a good thing? (laughs) Yeah. You know, you need to have a relationship with the one. You need to be in business. I'll put it this way. You need to be in business with the one whose streets are paved with gold. Does that make sense? All right. And when we do give, according to the scriptures, why we invite God to have an active part. Matthew 6, 5, it says, when we pray, and I mentioned 
uh, last week when we talked about prayer. But it's just simply communication. It's very similar to simple communication be- between friends. Now, what prayer is not is when we bring our laundry list or, or our to-do list, you might say, and we bring it to God and give it to Him one day, and then we check in the next day and the next day and the next day, and then we ask Him, God, what have you got done with the list I gave you? That is not prayer. And, and we looked, and we looked at the, at the widow woman, how she, uh, I truly believe that she prayed and asked God, and God gave her a specific answer a commandment to do. And then after he gave her that commandment, it was up to her whether she followed through and obeyed that commandment or not. But because she prayed and she listened, she still had a decision to make. Am I going to do what God tells me to do? And I think that's so important when it comes to prayer. When we come to God with an issue or whether it's financial or health or uh, a marriage or children, whatever the case may be, we need to bring that to Him and bring our petitions to Him is what the Scripture tells us to do. Bring that petition to Him and then we should listen. Because He knows, as you know, the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He knows the answers to your prayers, but many times we have to act something out. We have to do something to activate the answers to those prayers. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Next, who's preaching after me? Anybody else? George, you got a word? You got a word for him? Well, I'm pretty tough myself. I'm not giving up on that. So, uh, so it's important. We have, let me tell you, we have a say, whether we walk in God's blessing or not, we have a say, whether he ministers to us or not, we have a say about his presence in our lives. We have a say whether his presence in this building. Now, let me tell you, I'll just put it like this. If we came in here and the praise team came up and they'd done everything to their best of their ability and you sat there like a bump on a log, you would not get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You wouldn't get it. And some of you don't get much anyway because you don't participate. Can you believe I just said that? It's true. It's true because as, you've, as we know, praise and worship is not about us. How, a bad week, good week, that's not what praise and worship is. Praise and worship is about who he is. So we have so much to say and so much to do whether God's presence is active in our life. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen someone sitting on this side and they're just, God is just blessing them and they're, and they're just the presence of God is all over them and somebody sitting right beside them is sitting there like a bump on a log and wouldn't move if, if God himself come down and unfold their arms, they wouldn't move. <laughs> there's always a God's side and then there's a man's side. God's side was whenever he sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. 
Man's side was when we bow our knees and open our hearts and ask Jesus to come into our heart and forgive us. Now, let me tell you what. Now, after that salvation experience, yeah, that don't change. There's still, and always will be, a God's side and a man's side. I heard a guy say one time, I'm not sure who it was. But they said that it seems like God can only do what man can believe him for. You know, I really think that's scriptural. You know how bad God wanted to, to lead the children of Israel out of bondage into the promised land? Oh, he wanted that so badly. But because they moaned and groaned and complained and... and all right, that's not my message. All right, <clears throat> Matthew 6, 8, uh, 6, 16. Matthew 6, 16. And it says... When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they look miserable and the, 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 the what's that? Disheveled, so people will, what translation is that? New Living Translation, okay. So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that there is only one reward that they will get. Now, there's a reason that Jesus is telling us this, and there's a reason he told us about Giving and there's a reason he told us about prayer, and that is so that his that God's blessings would be active in our life, and that goes right along with John 10 10 that I mentioned earlier about our enemy. But the last part of John 10 10 says that Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the fullest. And you might, if you do not have the blessings of God active in your life. You do not have life to the fullest because God wants to take us places that we cannot go on our own. He wants us to do things that we cannot do on our own. So this morning we're talking about fasting. And what fasting is basically, it is denying our flesh so that the spirit man, their born again spirit, our spirit man, will grow stronger. So our spirit man can be more dominant. Okay? So, so real quickly, the Bible says that we are a three-part being. We are spirit, made in image of God. We are soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then we are the body. So we're a three-part being, just like God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But the Scripture says that we're created in the image of God. We're a spirit being. Okay? A dog is not created in the image of God. He is not a spirit being. Okay? I know some of you have beautiful horses. And I know they're so special. But they're still, they're not created in the image of God. So here we have our spirit man is born again. The Holy Ghost uh, lives in our spirit man because it's born again. He's washed clean. Our spirit man is spotless, and our born-again spirits always wants to do what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Now, the problem is when the flesh, because I assure you, I would much rather be drinking a Diet Mountain Dew right now than this bottle of water, okay? So, see, so here we have our spirit man wants to do good, and our flesh wants to do all kinds of crazy stuff. 
Galatians 5, it tells what all the flesh wants to do, and absolutely none of it is good. It wants to steal and backbite and, and murmur and complain and lay in bed and eat too much and on and on and on and on. That's what our flesh wants to do, okay? So, so here you have, so, so we have to, these, these two entities inside of us, and if we're not really careful, and if we're not obedient to the Word of God, we will be led by our flesh and our carnality. We will, we will walk no different than the world walks if we're not very careful. And if we do not do what the Word of God tells us to do, we will be no different than the world. That's right. It's true. Uh, Kyle, come up here just a minute, buddy. Who else? Or you come up here. All right. Now, just for a minute, now imagine, now we're talking about fasting, remember. Okay, now, if, if we, uh, you know, if we go through six months, a year, whatever the case may be, maybe five years, whatever the case may be, and we do not obey the Word of God, we do not read the Word of God, we don't put the Word of God inside of us, this is what our flesh looks like right here. I didn't mean that bad. I meant it as being big and strong and more powerful than our spirit man. That's right. That's right. Now, we all know why our flesh is more dominant and more controlling because we feed him more. We allow him to just do whatever he wants to do. You don't have to go to church on Sunday. You can watch a good sermon on TV. You know, I had somebody tell me that at Fairfield yesterday. He says, you know, I just believe that I can worship God anywhere I want to. And, but you know what I, I realized? And I, and I didn't, and I, I should have mentioned that to him. Not, I, he's a friend of mine. I'll, I'll, I'll catch him again, I assure you. <laughs> but you know what? I realized that... Uh, one of the Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath holy. So you can stay home all you want to, but you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you just didn't like that, did you? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, our flesh wants to control us, and he grows strong and big and powerful because we allow that to happen. But see, when we fast... And we start pulling that flesh in and saying, no, you cannot drink a six-pack of Diet Mountain Dews a day. And we start pulling that in and say, no, you cannot have a piece of dessert after every meal. And we say, no, you cannot. I seen a guy eat four, uh, what was them things? Whoppers. You guys know how big them Whoppers are? They are humongous. I seen him eat four of them. No doubt. <clears throat> so anyway, our flesh gets big and strong, and he just does whatever he wants to do. And what happens is he controls our lives until we start ringing him back in and start obeying the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, our spirit man, which we've pushed down, 
because they've been arguing back and forth and the, and the, and the flesh has been winning over and over and over and over again while he's big and strong and, and he, can, he can deny the spirit anytime he wants to. But when we start saying no to our flesh and no to what we want to do, then all of a sudden, these two, they kind of start swapping. They kind of start swapping spaces. And then, you know, after a few days or a week or, a week or so or maybe nine days, Brian, Pastor Brian, he went on a nine-day fast, first of, the, first of January. After a while, well, see that flesh, he's just a, he's just a little guy. He's not that domineering, and he's not that arrogant, and he's not that strong, and he can't hurt nobody. And then what happens is, man, look at, look at that spirit man. <laughs> and look at that pump up there a little bit. Huh? <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> See, all, all the, as time goes on, as we're, obe- as we're obedient to God and obedient to his word, See our, come on, man, come on. (laughs) See? Or uh, can can you make them jump back and forth? (laughs) I can. Uh, I can. (laughs) Ask my my wife, can I, Chris? (laughs) And can I, babe? Tell them. So, oh my goodness. I hope I don't get fired. So anyway, so the more we deny our flesh and the more we obey God's word and the more we follow his spirit, our spirit gets stronger. He gets bolder. He starts realizing who, who he is in Christ. And then after a while, you know, there's really not nothing that you can't tackle. There's really not nothing you can't do through Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, you Amen. So that's what happens when we fast. It's just, a, you know, it's not something way out there. And there's lots of examples of it throughout the Scripture. Some people think, I've heard people say, well, that's just an Old Testament thing that they used to do way back when and, and, and things like that. And it's really not relevant today. Well, that was Jesus in the, in the Gospels telling us that we should fast. And he didn't, say, uh, he didn't say if you want to. He said when you fast, giving us the idea that he expects, he just expects us to fast. But, you know, there's kind of a concept in the church, and I understand the ideology of it, the ideology of it, is that we should fast in January. And that's a good thing. There's ne- that's nothing wrong with that, and I understand that thought process. But here's the thing. There are reasons, there's biblical reasons to fast. There are certain times in our lives that we need to fast. Not just a certain time of year, although there's nothing wrong with that. But there's certain times in our lives that each and every Christian should fast. Amen. Amen. Just to give you an idea, in Acts 9-9, Saul, after the conversion on the road to Damascus, he fasted for three days for direction that he should go. In Acts 27-33, 
Uh, the Apostle Paul, him and his crew, they fasted uh, for their safety when they was on the ship and it was, it was in a storm. And they fasted for their safety. In Acts 13, the disciples fasted when the Holy Spirit told them to separate Paul and Barnabas. So here's three just quick examples from the scriptures. One is about when we need direction. One is when we need safety. And one is when we need to make important decisions, uh, you know, concerning the will of God. So those are all situations that we will encounter at one time or another in our lives. In the book of Esther, in Esther 4, she was in a, in a dilemma. She was in a difficult situation. Her people was about to get slaughtered. And it looked like there was no way out. And it looked like if there was possibly a glimpse of, of a way from saving her people from being slaughtered, she might be the only one possible, maybe the only one with a possible connection to pull that off. And the scripture says that she called for all the Jews to fast. And she said her and her servants would do the same thing. And she was doing that to have favor. Everybody say favor. favor. She was doing that to have favor when she went before the king and brought in her petition to save her people. And because they all prayed and fasted, she had favor with the king. And the king said, we shall not destroy the Jewish nation. Amen. Second Chronicles. We see an illustration of prayer and fasting with guidance. Jehoshaphat, he was in a difficult situation. He was a king and he had three different armies coming at him. And he was in a terrible situation. He didn't know what to do. But he knew if God didn't intervene that there would be no more of his kingdom. And he prayed and he fasted and he called for all the people to pray and fasted. And so what happened is they prayed and fasted and God didn't eliminate all of them. But what he did, he gave him direction. And that's what we need most. You know, most of the time, I, I truly believe this. Sometimes we need a miracle, right? But you know what we need most of the time? Most of the time, we just need direction. Lord, do I call him or do I don't call him or do I go see him or don't go see him or Lord do I go over here or do I go over there we just need direction that's what Jehoshaphat did he could have done lots of things and I'm sure he had all these all these military minds around him trying to figure out what to do and I'm sure they had three or four strategies on the table but that wasn't what Jehoshaphat wanted <laughs> he wanted to know what God would do God if you was in this situation, what would you do? And that's what he ended up doing. God showed him the direction. There comes a time in every one of our lives that we need to pray and fast. There comes a time in every one of our lives that we feel helpless. We feel powerless. We feel like there's no way we can carry on. We feel like we're in defeat, and that's exactly where Jehoshaphat was. And he prayed, and he fasted, and God delivered him. Amen. Amen. There's many biblical reasons 
to fast. I could go on for quite a while longer and, and give you different examples and, and things like that, but one of the number one reasons is it brings God back to the forefront of our life. It brings him back to the forefront of our lives. And let, let, me, let me put it like this. I, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, uh, what can you fast? And I, I've, I've always believed that you can literally fast anything. Anything, as long as, let me add this, as long as it's important to you. Carlin, I think the other day, he was going to fast spinach or something or broccoli or something. (laughs) Oh, that was Justine. But, so we can fast anything as long as it's important to you. And here's why. Because if it's important to you, and you put it down, and you do it for God, that makes it important to God. We all have different things in our lives. You know, a few years ago, uh, I don't know how many there was, there was about uh, 20 youth fatted their cell phones for 24 hours. Now, the ones that said, wow, they're they're the ones that have kids and they know how important their phones are. (laughs) Because that's that's quite a sacrifice, isn't it? Okay, give me your phone to every one of you. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You no? Know? That's not yours, that's hers. You're giving her phone. <laughs> no, that's important. But see, but here's the, here's the thing. They was doing it for the right reason. They was doing it for the right reason. And that's the way we should be. Whatever it is, what amounts to is when we, when we fast, we bring God to the forefront. We bring him to his rightful place, to number one in our lives. And God should be number one in our lives. You know, and he will always be number one. You know, I think I've, I've said this before. You know, if, if he runs a race, he's going to win. If he plays golf, he's going to win. He's not going to come in second. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is number one. He has every answer to your problems. And you need to know what they are. That's why we should pray and fast. Last one, real quick. Matthew 17. All right, I'm going to give you a short version of this. Very simply. Very simply. There's a man come to Jesus. And he said, my son is a lunatic. He throws himself in the fire. He's a mess. He tries to kill himself. He's a mess. And the man says, and I've taken him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And I'm going to, and so basically what happens, then Jesus kind of gets aggravated at the, at the disciples a little bit. I'm going to skip over that part. And Jesus said, well, bring him here. And Jesus Healed him. Healed the young boy. And then his disciples later on in private, the scripture says, they went to Jesus and said, why could we not heal this young boy? 
And Jesus says it's because of your lack of faith, your lack of understanding. And then he says, this kind will only, only be healed through prayer and fasting. Only through prayer and fasting. And if you'll notice, this is a theme not just in this scripture, but this is a, this is a theme throughout the Bible. It's a theme throughout the Bible. And I think, I think this is really it. There will be things that we will never walk in if we don't pray, pray, and fast when the need arises. If you have situations in your life and you cannot get past them and they're always right there no matter what you do, no matter how much you pray, no matter who lays hands on you, no matter what you do, you do this and it don't work and on and on and on and on and on, pray and fast. There are situations that will not be manifested in our life if we don't pray and fast. Amen. Stand with me, please. Bow your head. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you. Father, I pray, Father, that as these months go by, that when this congregation encounters a situation where they just don't know what to do, that they'll remember these scriptures, they'll remember these words, and they will seek you in prayer and fasting. Father, I pray, Father, that each and every heart will be open toward you. Father, not only this week and the rest of this month, but for the rest of this year. Father, we worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you have a need this morning, if you have a need this morning, please come. If you need direction this morning, I ask you to please come. There will be people who pray, pray with you. Nobody will pray alone. You know, the Lord's been kind of stirring in me. You know, the scripture says, Jeremiah, that he said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. That's what the scripture says. You know, and I kind of think that we've kind of been looking at that the wrong way. And... Starting in February, I already mentioned that we're going to be talking about relationships. So we'll be focused, we'll be looking on the inside of how we handle relationships, but the results will be in an outward result. So what we're going to do the whole month of this series, when it comes time for altar, altar time, we're not going to pray for ourselves, okay? We're going to pray for those around us whether they're here or whether they're not here, whether your loved ones or even your enemies. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. So we're going to switch that focus in the month of January or month of February. Thank you, Father. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.